Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So I can't believe we have never talked about this before uh, because retainers are a huge part of my business and I can't imagine not having them. Uh, So today we're talking about offering retainer services because this is something that came up a lot in the summit I hosted earlier this year um, and we are going to break it down here. I'm really excited to talk about it. I I had never realized that it was such a big question for people, I guess, because it's such a big part of what I do. Um, So I'm excited to break it down today. We're going to talk about kind of what retainers are, the benefits of them, a few different ways we can you can offer them, what goes into them, and a look at how Corey and I have our packages set up. So I'm excited to dive into this one. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. I feel like retainers are such a big thing for people because it's it's an easy guaranteed most of the time amount mm-hmm. of income. I mean, yeah. you don't have to worry about trying to book a new client every single time because you have or book multiple clients so you can hit your income goals because you have that extra money in there. And especially when it's people you like, because yeah. I know when it, I've only done retainers a couple times and uh, both of them were really great. But the first one I ever worked with, she was amazing. I loved when she emailed me. So that's always a really fun part of retainers too. If you have a crappy, like big project client, at least you have your fun yeah. retainer client that you can fall back on. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I, lo- I seriously love my retainer clients so much. And seriously, like that exact situation over this last week, I was kind of frustrated with a big project I have but I could log into my little retainer workspace in Asana and see all of these faces that I love assigning me tasks. And it's, it's just such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I'm glad that yeah. you brought that up. Yep. Um, but I guess for anyone who isn't quite familiar with what, what retainers are, we'll give like a really quick basic overview before we dive into this big long episode about it. Um, but retainers are usually a monthly package with a set cost that your client is paying you per month. Um, you're either going to be working a specific number of hours for them per month or delivering a certain number of like, I guess, deliverables or final products for your client per month. And we'll give examples of that later on. But instead of a one-off project, like we're all probably used to doing, this is a package where you're working with a client ongoing every single month, recurring, um, and it's just a nice, consistent setup. So we kind of already hit on a lot of the benefits here, but just to break them down a little bit more, um, something I love about retainer services is tasks tend to be easier and faster when you're working with the same clients over and over. And like something that Corey and I were just chatting about before this episode is she had a one-off project pop into her inbox and she went in to do it. And they're like, what, you saw like 20 updates that needed to be done. You don't have to worry about that when you're working with people on an ongoing basis, um, you know, I guess depending on the t- type of work you're doing, but there's less just set up and getting ready to do the project. So it's really nice to be able to just jump in do a task and be done with it. 
Yeah. And I think going along with that, specifically for designers, there's a a lot more like you're totally familiar with their brand. So even if you built some, you built somebody's brand out a year ago and they come back and you're doing like a, another one-off project for them, you're still familiar with it because you just did it. But when you continually every single month are creating social media graphics or something like that for a client, you're already so deep into their branding, you know, exactly what to do. You don't have to keep referring back to their guidelines or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. So it is so much easier and quicker because you're just super familiar with it. You can keep right on going. Yes. Oh yeah. That's a really good point. I don't have to worry about. (laughs) Um, We already talked about the fun relationship, so I'll just kind of let that be. Um, Something else I really love is it's if you're used to like big projects like custom branding or custom websites, it's nice to have like small, quick win tasks. You can just jump in and do, you know, a couple times a week. I love that. I do my retainer work uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. And I love starting off the day being able to just check, 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 just like get all of these tasks knocked off my list. So that's, you know, it's, I don't know if it's like a big, big scale, large scale benefit, but I really like that. And that's just my nerdy <laughs> side probably. Uh, And then the last thing that I just think is probably the biggest benefit is that recurring, mostly guaranteed income. And right now, this is becoming really apparent for me because for the last six months, I've been booked out. So I was booked out for six months. And now I'm coming up on the time starting next week where I have no custom work. And if I did not have my retainer clients, you can bet I'd be freaking out right now. But I have all of these amazing ladies that work with me every single month. I don't have to worry about it. Um, So that's just something that's really nice that can take the pressure off in those, you know, the lower points of booking projects. Uh, It's just nice to have that guaranteed work that you know is going to be there. Yeah, because we know that every single year, I feel like we're starting to get, summer must be like the slow period for everyone because I feel like I always slowed down in summer, like even just getting inquiries. Um, So yeah, I definitely agree that that's a really good point. Not only do you have the income, but you don't have to go and panic about, you know, trying to book some more clients in because you know you still have stuff on your to-do list, things to do with your clients. So that's a really good point. For sure. Uh, okay, so let's dive into, you know, the two main ways to offer retainer services. And we, t- we touched on this earlier. So that's either a set number of hours per month that you're giving your clients or specific deliverables per month. Um, and we'll start with the hours. Um, and you kind of have your choice of how you want this to set up, get be set up. This is a question I got a lot when I was talking about this at the summit. And it's just up to you is the answer if you want to do like set number of packages, like if you want a five hour package, a 10 hour package, a 15 hour package, or just let people choose how many hours they want. Uh, I just let people choose. um, But I see a lot of people who do have, you know, set packages of a certain number of hours that people can choose from. Um, You can also choose to offer like a discount for people who purchase larger packages, uh, just as an incentive for them to do so. Um, and if you did have those, you know, different positioning, you just position your, the different packages at different tiers. You could position it um, by giving examples of the kinds of work you can do. So like maybe on the smallest package you offer, you could do like monthly social media graphics and, you know, that's all you'd usually fit in. Maybe the middle tier, you tell them you could do things like social media graphics, maybe, and maybe fit in a few PDFs and workbooks. Um, so you're not doing 
you know, those specific deliverables aren't making up your package. You're just kind of giving them examples of the kinds of things you could fit in to that many number of hours. Um, so for pricing it, it's basically your hourly rate times the number of hours they book. I personally give my retainer clients a $50 an hour discount because uh, I have a high hourly rate, but that's just totally up to you. You don't have to give a discount. Having immediate, reliable access to you is a pretty big benefit in itself. So it's up to you if you want to do that. Um, and then as far as the specific deliverables per month, the kind of the second setup, this is only going to work well if you do a really specific thing. Um, for example, you could have a package where they get 20 social media graphics per month. Or uh, if you're comfortable on like WordPress websites, you could do a maintenance package where you do their updates and backups and security. Um, or you could do like 10 social media graphics, a five page workbook and design up one website page. Um, for those of you who hate hourly, this is what you need to go with. Um, and I'll break that kind of down in a few more minutes, but you basically price this based on what you plan to deliver. And like I said, you have to be very specific here or you're not gonna be able to do a package like this. Um, and I, I feel like this would be tough for designers um, to pull off and not have people wanting to update, you know, tweak the package every single month. Um, but if you if you do something very specific, it could work. Yeah, I really think it depends on the client and their needs um, and what, you know, basically, like I was saying, their needs. One yeah. of my um, retainer clients, I was doing specifically um, Instagram graphics for her for a couple months. Um, oh, goodness. I think that was just last year, maybe the year before last. Mm -hmm. It was the year before last. Um, but there wasn't a set number of graphics we were creating. It was just mm -hmm. like, hey, create some graphics for me to use, which I just want to point out that that's a really, that's not a good, <laughs> a good setup with a client. You need a little more specific details than that. But I think if you know that or if your client knows, okay, I want to post this number of quotes, for example, on my Instagram page, then you know, okay, I need to make this many for them every single month. And you could, in theory, make it work that way. But it does really depend on if your client needs those specific things. And I agree that that would be difficult for designers because, I mean, not all clients would need a workbook every single month mm -hmm. or graphics every single month. So definitely keep that in mind if you're thinking about going in that direction with your retainer services. For sure. Um, so I kind of want to dive into the pieces that go into retainer services now, like the bigger, more important aspects that you have to think about before you just slap up a new service on your website. Um, and I have quite a few points here, but I want to start with how many clients to actually take, because this is another question I get a lot is, well, how, many, how, many, how do I know how many clients to, to take on? It's like, well, you got to figure that out. Um, <laughs> but the most important part, and it sounds really straightforward, but I did not do it at first, is that you have to set aside time in your schedule for your retainer clients. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take on three retainer clients and just work on it whenever I can. Like, no, you're going to end up really having like negative feelings towards tasks they assign you if you try to do it that way. It's really the only way you can do it without, without it driving you crazy and making you mad and like cutting into your other work since you don't exactly know when that work's going to come in. Um, so yeah, if you need to know exactly when those tasks are going to come in, and put them on a schedule, a retainer 
retainer or setup is just not going to be a great fit for you. But assuming that it is, um, this is also how you're going to be able to tell how many people you can take on at a time is how much time you can set aside for them. So the way I do it is I set aside two hours, three times per week for my retainer work. Uh, and I guarantee them a five day turnaround for small projects and a 10 day turnaround for larger projects. Um, and that's generally way more time than I need. And I can over deliver in that regard. But in case a bunch of clients assign things to me at the same time. This is how I know I'm covered. And I actually had to um, pull that, pull those longer time frames a couple weeks ago, because at the end of the month, sometimes they all want to use up the hours they have left and it gets tough. Um, so keep that in mind uh, when you're deciding how many people to take on. Um, but I definitely recommend blocking off space in your schedule and start with the lower end of how many clients you think you can take on, whether that's a certain amount of certain amount of hours or a certain amount of packages. And you can always increase from there. It's easier to take on more clients than ditch some if you have if you took on too many in the first place. So just keep that in mind. Set aside time in your schedule and start small. Can I talk a little bit more about the turnaround time? Because yeah. I feel like this is just a smidge different for you and for designers. Yeah. Um, I do think it's very, very important that you think about how quickly you can turn that stuff around for your clients. Um, because for designers, a lot of times uh, we can pop in there. And I know for you, when a couple years ago, when I was creating stuff for you, I would like real quickly pop something into <laughs> Photoshop, export a file. And you're like, that took you two minutes. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I know what I'm doing. So it does only take me two minutes. <laughs> but at the same time, if you can't deliver that one day turnaround for all five of your retainer clients, if they assign a bunch of stuff to you all in the same day, you definitely can't do that. So obviously you want to kind of keep that in mind. Something else I want to kind of point out here, and this is hopefully obvious, but it may be different because this is just the way I work for my stuff, um, is I create templates for basically everything. So if you're working on something for a client, say social media graphics, obviously, if you're creating those every single month, you want to have a Photoshop or Illustrator or even InDesign file, whatever it is you work in that you can quickly go back to. And if you have three different versions of the graphics you're creating, then save three different file types. So you're not starting from scratch every single time. This is obviously going to help you with that turnaround time because you can open something up and create it and send it over. Um, and something else I want to say, um, I was talking, I remember talking to Alicia. Um, she was on episode 76, I believe. And she might've mentioned this in her episode, or it might've been a separate conversation I had with her, but as a designer with similar, this type of package with her clients, I know she mentioned she did like a three-day turnaround. And I think that's a really good thing depending on if they need like social media client or social media graphics, excuse me. But if they need something longer, like a whole opt-in workbook or something for a course or something like that, I do think it's fair to stretch that time out. Be fair to yourself and your other clients. And if it takes you two weeks to do that, then I think that's okay to have in your contract. You might want to say, hey, it depends on the type of um, 
things that you're asking for as to how long this is going to take. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. And yeah, with that, like, don't feel pressured to offer a crazy fast turnaround with retainer services. The benefit to your client is the immediate access to you or like the easy access to you. If you were booked out for six months, they don't have to wait six months. They might wait two weeks, might wait two weeks instead. Um, So please don't start with crazy fast turnarounds. Start with longer turnarounds than you need and over deliver when you can. And if you're really like, you know, after a few months, like, okay, I, I always deliver it faster, then you can shorten those timeframes, but start, start longer. So yeah, I'm glad you brought yeah. that down more. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're going to take on multiple clients for your yeah. services at once. Like you were saying before, you don't want to be stuck in a bind if everyone wants something at the same time and you have one or two other big projects. Yeah. And then also you, you have your whole entire life that you have to live out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Okay. Something else to think about when you're setting up your retainer packages, if you're doing hourly or even if you're doing package based, I guess this could apply is how hours or packages roll over from month to month. So if someone doesn't use all their hours in a month, what happens? Or if someone doesn't have you make all their social media graphics for a specific month, what happens? Um, is If you do hourly, is there a certain amount they can carry over or is it unlimited? Uh, if you don't want hours to carry over, make it clear and also don't feel bad if you don't. Uh, I personally let my clients carry over up to one hour or one month of hours, but the designer I have on retainer and actually my VA who is technically on retainer, if you think about it, they don't let me carry over any hours and that's fine. You just need to let your clients know that up front um, and figure out what you think is just going to work best for you and them. You know, if you have those longer turnaround times, maybe letting them carry some hours over is better. Um, so they don't feel like they have to, you know, get things to you in the first two weeks of the month. And that's all the time they have. Um, but it's just something that I want to make sure you think about before you slap this up on your website and have clients asking you about it. Yeah, for sure. Because I could see a lot of people being really frustrated. What? I paid you mm-hmm. for this time. It doesn't roll over. So like you said, if you exactly. don't want it to do that, you better put it in big, bold capital letters so everyone <laughs> knows. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just make it a part of your onboarding. Um, the next thing I want to touch on is what happens if someone wants more than what's included. So if they need extra hours or if they need you to make an extra workbook, what's going to happen? Um I recommend that you do not guarantee this anywhere because if you're booked out or have something going on in your personal life, you don't want to feel obligated to take on more work than you originally agreed to. Um, And you can just take it on by a case-by-case basis. That's what I do. I I still charge them my discounted rate. Um, I will do a rush rate if they want it extra fast and they're out of hours for the month. Um, But I would just make this clear somewhere what's going to happen if they need more than what you agreed on in your uh, retainer package. Um, And then next, I want to touch on how to make all of these policies we just talked about really clear. Uh, And I think you just have to say it everywhere and say it over and over and over again until you feel absolutely obnoxious. And then maybe they'll figure it out. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you put it everywhere, they'll see it in at least one place. So I like to have these kinds of things. Put them on your FAQ uh, on the services page of your website. Have it in your intro packet and your welcome packet definitely in your contract. Please have a contract and put it in there. 
Um, if you have a uh, whatever onboarding material you have, like I have a welcome video for all my retainer clients, I have it all in there again and remind them every so often. Uh, this is something I had to do uh, about two months ago. Uh, people, what was the situation? Uh, someone, oh, someone wanted a whole bunch of extra hours, uh, and then someone else also uh, didn't realize or oh, they forgot how carryover hours work. So that now I'm saying, okay, remind your clients of these policies every so often. So now every three months, I have a reminder that goes off to myself or for me. Uh, and I just remind them in a quick message in Asana of how the policies work. Because uh, when people are working for you, working with you for years and years, it makes sense that they'd forget those little details every once in a while uh, if they don't come up. Um, and then <clears throat> the last thing I'm going to talk about is how your package is going to be positioned. Um, and, you know, this is something I hear a question I get a lot. Uh, but your retainer services should and will make your clients' lives easier and solve a specific problem for them. Um, the package you offer, if you're not just doing hourly, is going to be specific to who you work with. Um, but think of the time you're saving these these people. I feel like a lot of you struggle with, well, I'm not delivering value if I'm just creating them graphics every month. Yes, you are. <laughs> like the my designer <laughs> saves me so much freaking time every single time she does something for me. And like sometimes Corey helps me out. And I'm like, how did you just do that in two <laughs> seconds? That would have taken me like three days. Um, so you've got to think of your positioning that way, even if you feel like you're not delivering value because yes, you are. Yeah. And while we're talking about positioning, before we kind of move into what our packages look like, I have a question for you because when mm -hmm. I offered this kind of retainer thing, I didn't advertise it anywhere. It wasn't on my website. It was just kind of something casually I would mention to clients when we were like offboarding from their big project. So I'm curious and, and we don't have this outline. So I know it might be kind of like overwhelming to try to think of <laughs> important things people can keep in mind here. But do you have any like quick things that you think about in terms of balancing the marketing for these type of services versus marketing for your big mm. services that make you your bread and butter? Yeah. So I, I think the, the best way to offer retainer services and book them easily is to offer them to your past clients. Uh, those are going to be the easiest people for you to work with because you know how everything works. You made it all yourself. They're going to be the most fun for you to work with. That's the easiest way to do it. At the end of a project, have this retainer service ready to pitch them and, you know, even kind of mention it throughout the project so they know that you have something available. Um, you know, other than that, it depends on the value you place on the service. Uh, for me, retainer services are about 50% of what I do. So if I have spots open up, I'm advertising those on social media. I'm marketing the heck out of those. Um, but they're also just on my website, on my services page, and people run across them a lot there too. Um, and they tend to be like an easy introduction to working with you because they're going to be a lower price than your, like your big custom packages. Um, so it's a good way to get people in the door with you uh, and want to book you for those bigger packages in the future. Uh, but the overall marketing is just going to depend on how, you know, how you value those over your custom services. If you have a custom opening or, you know, a bigger opening, you probably do want to focus on that instead of like a, you know, $200 a month uh, retainer project. Uh, but I, you know, it is about balance, which is exactly what you asked. So I don't know if I even answered the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. It just kind of depends on what you have openings for and what you want to put into that time. Yeah. So sure. yeah, that definitely makes sense. 
And I will just add, if you want to book these type of services, it does help to have them listed on your website. (laughs) I mean, the mere fact that I'm telling you guys that I only ever had two And I'm also telling you guys that I didn't have this marketed anywhere or listed anywhere. That's the reason I only ever had two. So keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's okay too. Like if you only want to work with really specific people, that makes sense. You don't want to get in like an ongoing package with someone where you're like, eh, about it. Well, Um, and, and that's a good point, especially going back to if you want to do it only for clients that you've already worked with because I can see some designers. There are, I would say there are two types of designers. There are design VAs. So people who do specifically do that kind of stuff. And then you have your branding and website design clients who also offer those or Mm -hmm. designers who also offer those type of packages. So if you're that type of person, the latter, and you really do only want to work with um, your past clients, then I guess I could see it not being on your website um, because you may not want to jump into design work that someone else has done that Mm -hmm. you may not like, which is <laughs> a situations I've found myself in before. Um, but if that's also not a big deal to you, then maybe you just say, hey, it's on my website and we'll see what goes from there. For sure. And actually, this is going to tie in pretty well because we're going to dive into talking about what our packages look like. Um, and I actually, I didn't even think of it until now, but I have a two different retainer packages that I have set up in each way. And I never think of my maintenance packages as retainer packages, but that's exactly what they are. Um, And so my maintenance packages, I do monthly maintenance for WordPress websites. So I do, I have weekly backups, sometimes daily, depending on the site, Uh, you know, constant security monitoring, updates, things like that. Most of that is taken care of by plugins. So don't worry. I'm not literally in there every day taking backups. (laughs) Um, But I don't have these listed on my website because I do not want to do WordPress maintenance on these random websites made by people who don't know what they're doing. So I offer these only to my past clients. Um, So I'm glad we kind of uh, talked about that situation first is I offer these packages at the end of the project if I liked the client. Um, (laughs) And that's all. Because, uh, yeah, I don't want to get stuck doing something on a website that is miserable or with a client that doesn't, you know, go well with the way I do things. So that's that's my first package. But my main package, it, it's called Back Pocket Developer, uh, and it's my main retainer package. I, I work with designers. Um, and it is hourly, which will, again, we're going to touch on that later. Um but I have a minimum and maximum number of hours that can be booked. Uh, for me, it's not worth the admin side of things to have someone on for less than two hours a month. It's just not worth it. Um, but it's dangerous for me to have give someone more than eight hours per month because that's going to be a situation where they want to use all of them at once. And I can't just clear eight hours from my schedule in a week usually. Um, so I do go over eight for people who I've worked with before who know how, you know, know how it works and really value what I do and how I work. Um, but that's not something I just kind of offer uh, right off the bat. Um, I think we touched on this earlier, but I let people roll over hours for up to one month. So if they book two hours, for example, they can carry over two hours, uh, two extra hours. Uh, Any additional hours are lost, but they know that ahead of time. So they're fine with it. Uh, again, I do five to 10 day turnarounds. I do uh, five days if it's 30, if it's going to take me 30 minutes or less. Otherwise, it's a 10 day turnaround. In reality, I'm usually delivering things within one to three days. Um, But like I said earlier, this protects me in case, you know, it's at a busy point. It it lets me actually like, 
you know, go away for a week without having to mess them up because I can still hit those turnarounds. Uh, it just it keeps everybody safe, uh, just kind of having a little extra space there. Um, and then as for like, if someone needs something done faster than my guaranteed rates, and I wouldn't have been able to do it originally, I do have a rush fee. I just build them double. I build them double the time it takes me. Um, and if it's not even worth the rush rate to me, I just tell them I can't do it. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how things work. I have everyone set up in Asana in their own projects, so they can assign me tasks at any time. I have them, kind of, I have a task template made, so they're prompted for things like, okay, the description of your task and the login information <laughs> and a checklist of, okay, the mockups, the fonts, like all these things uh, that I need to make it nice and easy on both of us. So we're not going back and forth. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a really nice setup that seems to work well for everyone. Um, and I wanted to talk about quickly why I like the hourly setup in this case. And I feel like I don't know. So many people just hate on hourly billing and their argument on that is you don't get paid what you're worth. But my counter argument is if your hourly rate is high enough, then you do get paid what you're worth. Like if you turn things around quickly, charge a higher hourly rate. Like it's, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's that simple. Uh, my regular hourly rate is $150 per hour. So I feel like if I can deliver something in a few minutes, I'm getting paid just fine for that, you know? Um, so just um, keep that in mind. Um, I've had clients tell me even as, uh, as recent as yesterday that things that took me literally like four minutes would have taken them hours and hours. So it's worth, the, worth it for them to pay me that <clears throat> high rate. And I feel like I'm getting fair payment. And I get on my soapbox with this because I get so mad when people say that because it's such a simple solution. Um, but if you're worried about it, you can also set a minimum amount of time per task. Um, I tried out a 15 minute minimum for a while. So if a task took me, for example, four minutes, I just round up to 15. Um, and that's at work. But what for me, it ended up being like more work to remember to do that than to just not worry about it. So I don't. Um, but if you don't want to get caught doing, you know, quick tasks, that'll take you a couple minutes. For example, if you're doing like graphic templates, um, just do the 15 minute minimum and it's fine. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely think of this. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think that makes sense. And I totally agree with you. I feel like um, there have been times where I have had quick hourly projects or I've tried to uh, track my time, like with toggle or whatever, mm -hmm. to see how long it takes me. And no one, I, I literally never remember to hit start and I never remember to hit stop. And not only <laughs> that, but if anyone is like me, I, and I think this probably makes you cringe so much, but I do like a bunch of different things at once. I'll be editing a blog post, opening Photoshop to create a graphic, chatting with people on Slack. Like <laughs> I'm popping back and forth to a bunch of places. So it does not benefit anybody for me to be tracking the time. So I definitely mm. do think it helps to keep that in mind. I too did the whole 15 minute minimum thing. And it's, it's just so much easier to just say, okay, this is what I'm going to charge you and go from there. I will say, I'm mm -hmm. um, going back to like your whole soapbox rant about the whole hourly thing. If you enjoy it, it doesn't matter. Like that, yeah. that's the, I think that's the bottom line end of the day period at the end of the discussion is it really doesn't matter what other people tell you. If you're making the money you want to make and you enjoy what you're doing, like you actually like helping your clients out with whatever you're helping them with, then literally who cares what everyone else says. So Boom. there's that. <laughs> I like it. Um, I should probably talk really quickly about my two 
like actual real retainer clients that I worked with. And these are 50% horror stories and 50% they were really fun. So <laughs> um, that may not make any sense, but the I'm going to tell you things that you need to keep in mind. Um, for both of these, for one client, this was oh my gosh, probably right after I really went full-time with my business. Um, we loved working together. She was so much fun. Um, she had a really unique job description and she had bright yellow in her branding. I remember it was so much fun. <laughs> um, but I never did a contract with her specifically for retainer. So we were on retainer, but it was like, she may miss a month here. Like I knew she was going to come back to me for those projects, um, but we weren't on a specific kind of contract. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, you may have a client who you've worked with in the past who is coming back to you kind of regularly um, for different things. I know she would come back to me for name tags or some kind of graphic for, you know, a Facebook page or different things like that. So if you have a client that's doing that, you may want to say, hey, it would benefit you to get on a retainer. You pay me this certain amount of money and I can do this much stuff for you and blah, 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 you know, that sort of thing um, to kind of build, take that relationship to the next level, make it like more legit. <laughs> um <laughs> Because also at one point uh, when we stopped working together, it was just like we stopped working together. Uh, she never came back and that was kind of weird. So that's something to keep in mind too. Um, with my other retainer project, um, which I talked about earlier, and I'll just share a little bit more in detail. I was creating Instagram graphics for her and it was just like fine. This was more like a design VA kind of thing I was doing for her, but it was like find quotes here are some photographs of me. Can you put the quotes on there and turn it into something I can post on Instagram? And I had no problem doing that. Quite frankly, that's the kind of thing that got me started with design when I was probably like 12 or 13 years old to begin with. So I actually really enjoyed it, but there was no set deliverables. It didn't matter. It didn't really quote unquote matter how many I made. I could make a whole bunch and I was billing her per graphic. So I can make a whole bunch and then make more money, but that doesn't make sense for you or for your client, because then it came down to a point where it was like, I just didn't have time or quite frankly, I didn't feel like it. So I would skip creating one and we had no, um, I think, I think we had a contract, but it wasn't something we were both kind of keeping up with. So there's that side to think about it too. You do want to make sure that you're accountable to how many deliverables you are giving your client because otherwise you create this kind of weird, well, I guess I'm, I'm in charge of my own income and you know, whatever. And it kind of, it, it fell apart partially because I had to go on maternity leave and we never picked it back up. Um, but that's something to think about too. So even though I loved working with both of those women and they were really cool, different projects and I had fun doing them, they did have their own things where it didn't work out. And those are things I definitely want you guys, the listeners, designers to think about when you are working with your retainer clients or clients that just eventually turn into a retainer because there do need to be some boundaries and a lot of accountability for a type of service like this. 
Yeah, it sounds like you just like you could have used just more structure overall for how it's yeah. working, kind of like we touched about in that middle section. Yeah, for sure. And with the first woman, Shannon, um, the I think part of it was that I was like legitimately brand new mm-hmm. um, to running my business. I think it was maybe two years in and I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was just casually kind of, you know, hey, OK, I'll charge you this. I'll charge you that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I can do it in this many days. Um, with the second one, that's my fault as a seasoned designer. I knew better. Um, but, uh, it does come back to, you know, like you said, having that structure and accountability and responsibility to both yourself and also your client. Cause you also, you really have to keep yourself in mind there as well. Yeah. So that's my rant for retainer services. <laughs> that was awesome though. I hope this episode was helpful. I feel like we covered a lot of good stuff and uh, hopefully got everyone's gears turning a little bit and how they can incorporate retainers. Um, but as a quick recap, retainers really can be a great way to add recurring and reliable income to your business. Whether you decide to do hourly or a package type setup, it does not matter. Either way, it's really great. Um, But you need to take the time first, kind of like Corey just told us, uh, to get policies and a system and structure set up before you dive in. There's a lot of flexibility in how it can work, but you need to narrow that flexibility down to what's going to work well for you and for your clients. Um, And so things can continue smoothly Uh, long term. So your action steps for today, I want you to consider if retainer offerings are actually something you would really like to do. And not that you're just excited after listening to this. Um, (laughs) And then brainstorm what your package options would look like. What's going to work well for the kinds of clients you tend to work with? What do you really love to do? How can that turn into a package or two? Um, And then decide on your policies. Like, Uh, how your hours are going to work or, you know, if packages roll over from month to month, um, things like that. So get all of that set up before you put it on your website. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.